to another episode of Make Him Known. We are so excited to be here and um, I'm just so pumped because I have another really good friend of mine who's here, but I do have sad news to share is that this is unfortunately another episode without Anna. Um, but uh, Anna has had such a, a super exciting and busy summer, which has been so beautiful for her but it just means that getting together and recording podcasts is not something that um, we necessarily have time for so I've just brought my podcast equipment with me wherever and I'm like hey would you ever want to be on a podcast and if people say yes I'm like we're doing it okay um, so today I have my friend Scott with us you can say hi if you'd like Shalom. He put up his hand to say hi, just so that everyone's aware he did wave. Um, I love podcasts because I talk with my hands so much and I like describe things with my hands and I'm like, no one can yeah, see that's, anything gonna, that's gonna that I'm a lot doing. Today. Um, Maybe we can have like described video at the bottom of the yeah. screen. Oh, wait, <laughs> yeah. sorry. Not a movie. Yeah, you can't see that either. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And we've thought about even like recording it as well. But half the time I'm like, I don't even want to record like to video record as yeah. well as we're voice recording. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do that because I honestly, I feel like I look like an idiot sometimes when I'm talking or if the other person's talking, I'm just sitting here and I you, have. You're fine. That's, I that's fine. It's fine. You look fine. Oh, well, thanks. I just, I, yeah. Anyways, at this point in time, we are not recording video and I don't plan on stopping talking with my hands. It's fine. Only the All people the are missing out on seeing what I'm about to present to them, but that's <laughs> yeah. okay. We'll be fine. Yeah, we're, we're going to be okay. Um, so Scott is a good friend of mine. He's been in the Newmarket area for a while. You kind of grew up in Holland Landing, currently live in Bradford, Yep. but you're from this area. Yeah, I've uh, I've been here... I lived in Bradford for a really long time, um, did all my elementary school there, and then uh, my parents moved into Holland Landing when I went off to university. Oh, I don't I don't think I knew it was that late. Yeah, I oh, was okay. in Bradford until, like, I went to Bradford High the whole time, and it's a, it's a school. It's Whether a school. it's great or not is yeah. up for you to decide, but it is a it school. Is a school. Um, <laughs> so I went there <laughs> for my time, and then when I went off to school, that's when they moved in the hall and landing with my oh, sister. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was trying to, just before we started recording, I was saying to Scott, I was like, I don't even know how to say how we met because you're friends or at least you're acquaintances with the Nevitt family, which mm -hmm. is Shannon. A lot of people who listen might know who Shannon is. Um, she's like my childhood best friend and I've known her forever. So I feel like I've known you kind of through them, but I don't really remember meeting you through them. Yeah. I just know that you know them and I know them. I'm like, okay, yes, church things. Right. We've yep. met, I'm, we've seen each other at church things mm -hmm. and whatever. But then we both went to Tyndale yep. um, and we were there at the same time. So that was kind of cool. But even at Tyndale, I would say like you weren't, if I saw you sitting at a table, if I'm being honest, I probably wouldn't come up and sit at the table with you. No, probably not. Unless someone else was there that like... Yeah, if, 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 if like Rachel was there, we yeah. probably would have been sitting together yeah. or, or Ryan or something like yeah. that. Yeah, but, but I, I, I don't know. But now we we do Bible study together mm -hmm. and our community is much more together. So now I would say that we're yeah, friends. The Lord, the Lord works in mysterious ways, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. We don't know how we got here, but, we but got here, here we are. Yeah. And you're now sitting at my kitchen table and we're recording stories with Scott and I'm super excited. Oh, me too. This is a, this is a dream come true. 
in some way or shape or form. I don't know, but it's it's exciting. That's good. That's good. Um, so we're going to share fun facts. So we'll let you start off. So give us your fun fact number one. All right. So fun fact number one. I love to talk. Oh. I love to talk. Not, but I'll give a caveat to it. I love to talk, but I hate to initiate conversation. Hmm. I am absolutely horrendous at starting conversations with people. Um, I don't know what to do with any part of it. I, I don't know how to start it. I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't know what to do with my feet. I just, uh, you don't have to do much with your feet when starting conversations. <laughs> That's what you think. Um, <laughs> but anyways, no, yeah, I don't know what to do. Um, I have no idea. I'm just, I'm really bad at starting conversations and getting to know people and introducing myself to people. Right. But once the door is open, the door is open You're, and that yeah. door is gets wider and wider and wider the more you talk to me. Um, if you get me started talking about just about anything, I can go for some period of time. A long period of time, yes. one could say. We, we're also trying to break the record for longest podcast here today. Coming for you, Peter. Yeah, yeah. Love right you, now, buddy, but Peter you're, and you're Andrew going down. are tied for longest podcast. So Scott is going to give you guys a run for your money. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. You are quite a talker, which is great. Yeah. Which is why I was like, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> it's it is, so it's good. Because again, I didn't have to initiate it. You just introduced me. And so now <laughs> let me off the leash. I'm yeah. going to go. <laughs> you didn't have to do anything with your feet. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Why don't you tell us fun fact number two? All right. Fun fact number two. Um, one of my favorite pastimes is scuba diving. Interesting. I love scuba diving. Unfortunately, because it is, in fact, a expensive uh, pastime, yeah. I don't get to do it a whole lot. But when I do it, every moment of it is just the best. It's, oh. I think, one of the greatest ways for me to see God's creation in action. Because I'll tell you what, the Lord made some weird stuff and put it under the deep blue sea. Yeah. Stuff that we will never see above never the surface. See. Under the sea, yeah. yeah. Never see. <laughs> oh, so punny. Um, but I, anyway, there is. I just love scuba diving. The first time I learned to scuba, when I was learning, when yeah. I was doing my certification, I was in Curacao with my family. And um, they just said, my parents had just gotten into scuba diving. And they're like, you guys should just come and try it with us. And I was like, all right, whatever, man, let's do it. So we go to the beach. We go to the shop. They suit me up, get in our water. They're like, okay, now you're going to try and sink. And I'm like, okay. Oh, uh, okay. I'm sitting on the bottom of the ocean. All right, cool, cool. My sister is struggling, can't seem to get it to work. So we sit there. I'm sitting at the bottom looking up at her. And I'm like, okay, come on, Ellen, let's go. Get down here. <laughs> Ellen is my sister, by the yes. way. Um, come on, we're not going to see any fish if we just sit in the shallow end. And it doesn't go well. So she gets out. She's done. And the guy says, okay, come with me. We're going to go. We're going to go dive. I'm like, all right. So, so far, it's. I'm just underwater. It's it's fine. It's nothing crazy. But the moment we get under like 15 feet, we're in this coral reef that is just absolutely breathtaking. Wow. Um, there are like seahorses. There are clownfish. There are uh, all kinds of moray eels, uh, remora fish. And then the and this is the creature that I think draws me in the most every single time. Turtles. Sharks are cool. Sharks are what my dad dives for, but <laughs> not that I don't dive for sharks, but like 
I've seen Jaws. I don't need to get any closer. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Turtles, however, I would, cool. I would, if it wasn't going to, if it didn't cost you $10,000 to touch a turtle when you're underwater, because that's the fine for touching a turtle in most countries, what? I would touch every single turtle, just like hug it with all of my might. Because that is so cute. Oh, I, didn't man. That, I didn't know that there were even fines for touching turtles. Like astounding fines. Unless you have research grants, it is astounding the price you pay to touch a sea turtle. Wow. Yeah, because they're such a protected uh, animal, which again, yeah. totally agree with. I think that turtles should be protected at all costs. And, yeah, because then you um, can scuba dive for them. Yeah. To see them, to see and them. E and even there are some like turtle sanctuaries that I've been to. Uh, in my travels that are just, and even on land where they just come up and they lay their eggs and that's the nesting ground. Um, the black sand beaches in Hawaii have just phenomenal turtle viewing. That would be so cool. Yeah. Always a blast. The reality though, is that once I was on land looking at turtles, I was like, uh, okay guys, not as exciting. Go and go swim and I'm going to follow you in. <laughs> um, because I would, I just, I love scuba diving for turtles. That's amazing. Um, I yeah. did not know that about you. That mm -hmm. is definitely a fun fact. Yeah, it is. It's probably the only fun fact I really have, though. So <laughs> hope you're ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Okay, well, I'm going to share my fun fact that I I teased in um, Stories with Ryan. Ooh, exciting. Um, and because in Stories with Ryan, I said that I was uh, pregnant, which I still am pregnant. Praise the Lord. That's good. Um, yes. And we ended up having a surprise gender reveal because my friends are great and uh i because i am also, i'm a planner and mm -hmm. i plan things and i like things to go according to plan as a planner would um so i was like hey let's do a small gender reveal with our small group after church on sunday we'll make it like a potluck it'll be an excuse to eat together to be together i'm kind of disappointed we didn't end up having the potluck because i was looking forward to the food but yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so i was like okay that's what we'll do and i told a couple of my friends i was like okay i'll invite these people and this is good and then um none of that mattered because none of it happened not at all <laughs> um jonathan and uh shannon and myself were at practice on thursday night and we were just going through the songs and in hindsight i felt like an idiot because there were so many things that i was realizing that I just didn't put together and oh I felt so silly because like <laughs> um Becca was there with Maverick and I literally went up to her and I was like you need to be in bed like why are you here and I was what like infant is up at that time yeah of night? and like she goes oh, yeah I'm on projector and I'm like yeah but the people who are on projector are never at practice on Thursdays <laughs> anyways Ryan was also setting up cameras like our broadcasting cameras for Sunday morning and I was like, okay, why is he doing that? Because we don't ever do that also on Thursday nights practice. Anyways, um, so many things. And anyways, I was just oblivious to it all. Had I actually put things together, I would have been really proud of myself. But I did not because <laughs> I didn't suspect anything. I was like, it's not a thing. You know what? It's probably for the best that you didn't actually catch on because yeah. as you'll, I'm sure, describe, it's way better. It was so much better than if I knew. Yeah. yeah. So we were practicing and I mean, Becca had the words going at the back, which was great because I was looking at them and reading them. And then all of a sudden it just said, uh, Becky and Jonathan, do you want to know the gender of your baby? And in my head, I was like, ha, that's not supposed to be there. Like I was thinking it was a mistake. <laughs> and then... Um, 
And then this countdown started behind us, which we weren't aware of because I wasn't looking at the projector behind us. Um, and then everyone started to come into the sanctuary. And that's when the surprise was real. And I was like, oh, this is. And I kept singing throughout all this because <laughs> we were mid song. And I was like, we're practicing. Like, what are you guys doing? Anyway, so they came in and then they're like, turn around, turn around. So then they turned us. We were looking at the screen and then we found out that we're having a little baby girl, hey! which is so exciting exciting so um i was very shocked like i still am i'm still like are you are people joking with us is this really is it it, it certainly really seems girl? real it does seem real yeah, and i'm real. like this is crazy based on all the evidence that we've been shown yes it seems like it's a girl yeah know. so anyways we're very excited about that so we're having a little girl um which is still so surreal it's still just so wild and uh yeah and i'm also wearing jeans right now which is like a fun fat Fun fact, part two, because nice. I haven't worn jeans for months, but I got a pair of maternity jeans today, and I don't know how to pull up, pull them up, like hike, hike them up, because there's no belt loops. Like, how do you oh, pull yeah. up pants without belt loops? I think you'd have to like, I don't know, like reach around and like get like a, a chunk of the pant. Like I don't and know. Then pull upwards. It's I, it's I a, a struggle way, that I've brutal. never had. Yeah. I've always pulled up my pants with belt loops. Anyways, yeah. so. That, that, there's my fun fact, my main fun fact, and a side fun fact. But anyways, tell us your third fun fact. My third fun fact is probably not nearly as fun as your half My je- My your jean jeans. wearing? Yeah. Yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> I, I've always wanted to own a pair of mom jeans. I don't know why, but it's... <laughs> It would just be so hilarious to own mom jeans. I think of like an old SNL sketch where they're yeah. like wearing mom jeans and put on your mom jeans. That's that's what I think about. Um, but either way, here's my third fun fact. It has nothing to do with jeans. Okay, um, I'm ready. My third fun fact, I am uh, stuck in, an, in a phase of adolescence constantly. I am a five-year-old child mm. and I love Pokemon. Oh, yes. Just like immensely. Uh, there's something about catching monsters and putting them in my pocket that I just can't get enough of. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I, I, I see Pokemon merchandise at places, and I you have to get it. Well, I fight the temptation. Oh, okay, it's a hard fight. Um, the other day, Jonathan, your husband, and I went to Crazy... Well, actually, you were there, too. We went to this place yes. called Crazy Bins, which is some liquidation store, which I had never been to, and I probably shouldn't have ever gone to because now the beast is let out of the box. Yeah. I'm probably going back. But they had items in there. Everything was $1, mm-hmm. and everything, like not... didn't matter what it was, and it was all like Amazon returns and stuff, and yeah. I found some of the coolest Pokemon merchandise ever. <laughs> I'm never going to use it ever. Like, well, actually some of it I will, but some of it I won't. There's just no way I'm going to use this large Pokemon card binder. I don't own Pokemon cards. I just <laughs> love Pokemon. Pokemon. I don't Well, actually, I bought some Pokemon cards, but they're cheap knockoff brand ones, but Oh, that you found it they're not real. Oh, there's no way. They're too they're too bo- like cardboardy to be real, <laughs> and they're in a weird box. And I always I suspected, but you don't trust it. No, I'm probably not going to make any money off. Not that I would try, because I love the Pokemon merchandise myself. Yes. Um, but either way, I have played all the games, continue to play all the games again and again and again and again. And uh, in fact, one of my most impactful ministries, I believe, in I'm a pastor. For those of you who aren't aware. Another side fun fact. That's good. Side fun fact. I'm a pastor. One of my most impactful ministries is I get together with this one youth 
and play Pokemon with him every two weeks. That's good. And Pokemon we, Go? No, like Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Oh, We're I doing a soul link, is. which is where when you catch Pokemon at the same time, um, but then when you play through the game, if your Pokemon faints or is knocked out, you have to release it into the wild because it is officially dead. Oh. And But in a soul link, you have two people doing it, and one person, if one person's Pokemon dies, the other person has to release the Pokemon that they both caught at the same time. Oh. And so... I'll admit, I'm having to hard carry this youth through Pokemon, but I don't care because it's just fun and I love Pokemon. That's good. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my third fun fact. I am a five-year-old Pokemon fanatic. Um, I own an Ash Ketchum costume that I wear periodically. It's a good time. That's good. Yeah. That's a good fun fact. Mm-hmm. That's excellent. Awesome. Well, I hope you guys feel like you have gotten to know Scott a little bit before he shares um, his story with us. Um and I'm so excited. I'm gonna pray, and then I'll let you. I'll let you run with your story. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Okay, Lord, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for um, just this opportunity that we have to be together. And and Father, we just thank you for Scott, and we thank you for his story um, that you have given him. Um, we thank you for the ups and for the downs, and for just how he has. Uh, fought or walked with you through it all and and has been able to give you glory i thank you that he's here and that he has the desire to share his story so that you can be glorified and that you can be made known and um father we just pray that through this whole podcast that you would just get the glory you would just um be opening our eyes to see you at work and that you would just allow Scott to clearly communicate the things that you've done in his life. And yeah, we thank you father for this opportunity. And we just pray, um, uh, that we would just love you more at the end of this than we do right now. And we pray all these things in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Okay. Well, just like Ryan, I'm going to let you run with it. All right. Well, here we go then. Here we go. Uh, Most of my story actually is, I've got one of those stories that starts very much like everyone else's story. I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, my parents met in university while they were serving at church together. They fell in love. They got married. They had a kid. That's me. Um, and they raised me up in the church. Right. Um, from day one, I have been a part of the church uh, to the point where, uh, from what I'm told, I I don't remember this per se because mm-hmm. I was in a literal infant, but, um, the pastor of my parents' church prophesied over me, telling them that I would one day be a pastor. Interesting. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think I fought that a long time right. just cause I'm like, come on, man, prophecy, get out of here. <laughs> um, but anyways, that, that's my roots. I was a part of the church for a really, really long time. Um, grew up in it. My family moved to this area when I was about four or five, we found a local church and I, just started to grow and learn about my faith, which I kind of always had. Mm-hmm. Um, I accepted the Lord at a VBS when I was seven, um, put my faith in him and decided to live my life for him. Um, and as I did that, I went through my youth group age where I felt it was time that I take my faith seriously. And I got baptized mm-hmm. in grade nine. Um, and from there I then went on to look at how I could serve him. I joined a band Um, I learned how to play the guitar, learned how to sing, uh, joined a band, started leading worship music in my church, uh, just as for, just for the youth. 
Um, and then that moved into leading worship for the church. Mm-hmm. And then eventually... It always does. That's does. always how it works. No, it's that's <laughs> how they get you. I remember my lead pastor coming to me. I owned a guitar before I could play the guitar. Mm. And he came to me and he said, Scott, you're going to lead worship for the youth. Mm-hmm. And I said, are you sure? <laughs> I don't know how to play it. And he said, you'll learn. <laughs> and then he threw me into it. Uh, and I did, in fact, learn. It worked. It worked. Yeah. I still lead worship now. And in fact, it's one of the things I enjoy doing most. Yeah. Um, but as I grew up through the youth ministry, um, I just continually lived my life for the Lord, or so I thought. Yeah. Um, as I approached the end of my grade 10 or 11 year, I decided I wanted to go to camp and I wanted to serve the Lord with kids because at that point I just had this desire to work with children. Um, there was something fun about them. I'm kind of a kid myself, as I've already admitted. Yep. <laughs> and uh, it just, it seemed to be a good fit. So I went off to camp, did a leadership and training program. And um, what camp was it? Camp Minioe. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yep, I, I'm a big fan of Camp Minioe. There are days where I wish I could go back and still serve there, but that yeah. just isn't a, a reality for me. I just don't have the time. Yeah. Uh, too many other things I'm doing. Yeah. But anyways, went to Camp Minioe, uh, started working with their youngest kids, mm-hmm. ages three to six. Aww. Um, if I really wanted to go for the record of how long I could talk, I'd tell you every story about a kid peeing on me in the middle of the night. But oh my word. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, it's brutal, brutal. But beyond all the terrible stories about human excretions and stuff like that, <laughs> camp was a ton of fun and yeah. I loved every minute of it. And as I worked at camp, I just felt the Lord calling me to go into ministry with kids the rest of my life. Hmm. Uh, he just kept telling me, this is what you should be doing. Go and do this. But as I was doing that, I had this other idea in my head. I was, uh, I've always loved video games and computers and I, I I'm going to go, I'm going to do computer science and I'm going to learn how to make uh, computers work. And I remember sitting down with my parents to say, in grade 11 or end of grade 11, beginning of 12, I said, here's what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. I said, I'm going to go and I'm going to become a computer scientist. Which is very different from children's ministry. Radically different. Yes. Radically different. <laughs> um, and I remember vividly the moment when my mom said, really? <laughs> um, and I was like, yeah, what do you mean, really? I want to be in computer science. And she was like, okay, we, we love you. We support you. We'll pay for you to go and do computer science. Mm-hmm. And they asked me all the questions to make sure I was sure. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm sure I'm doing this. I'm going to become a computer scientist. So Mark my words. It's going to happen. <laughs> and so I, uh, I started applying to schools, went, visited all the ones that I was contemplating. Um, and I ultimately ended up going to Carleton University in Ottawa mm-hmm. for computer science with a minor in robotics. Again, radically different from no children's, children's ministry. Yeah. None, none whatsoever. I still was working at camp during the summers and uh, there, that passion was still there and still being used. Yeah. Um, but in my first year of university, I went away and as I went, the world got to me. Hmm. The world just, uh, it came in swinging and I did not have my hands up enough to block the knockout punch. Right. And I was very quickly drawn away from any of the commitment to my faith that I had built over those years. Mm. 
what became, what was initially, I'm going to go to church on Sunday was, oh, I don't know anybody. No one's going with me. All of my friends are staying up to party on Saturday nights. I'm going to join them. Mm-hmm. Um, to be fair, I didn't get like really, really deep. I like my partying was I'm going to have a Dr. Pepper at two in the morning with my friends who are drinking hardcore. Woo. But at the same time, I had given up a lot of the commitment that I had made. And I was for that first year kind of wandering, just kind of lost. Mm-hmm. The beginning of my second year, I had a friend who called me out on it and she said, um, I think you should come and join this on-campus group. It's called the Navigators. And we're just meeting for a Bible study. We're going to have a barbecue. We're going to talk about our faith. And I think you should come and join us. So I did. I went and I joined. And because it wasn't like I didn't believe in God. I hadn't walked away from the faith entirely as much as I had simply put him on the back burner and he wasn't important. It wasn't necessarily part of your everyday routine or weekly routine even maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And I would have still called myself a Christian. Right. I would still go home and go to church when I was at home with my family. And, but I just, I didn't care as much. There were more important things to me at the time. Apathetic. Yeah. That's a good Mm -hmm. word to describe it. So I went to this, this barbecue and that's where I met some of my best friends in university was at this barbecue. Um, and they just greeted me with open arms and love and brought me right in. And so I started attending church with them and I started um, kind of turning my life back around. But all the while, I probably wasn't doing it for the right reasons. Mm. As much as I was going to church, I still wasn't reading my Bible. I still wasn't in prayer. I still wasn't in constant communion with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I was probably just going where people were mm. is what it was. Mm-hmm. I was really just following the crowd around to wherever I could go. Um, at the end of my second year, school started to get really intense. A, because I'm not good at math and computer science is all math. So <laughs> you can really tell how much I put thought into this career choice. Yes. Um. <laughs> So I was in a co-op program. I was supposed to have a job for the summer, but I didn't do well enough in math. And so because I didn't do well enough, my average dropped below what was required. And here I was, possibly jobless for the summer. Oh, wow. Yeah. But to make matters worse, I was living with some guys that were in my program who were not Christians. um, And things started to just get really tense in the home. Hmm. Um. We were fighting, arguing. There was just like this intense animosity between all of us. Um, I almost guarantee you they're not listening. But if they are, I apologize for any part that I've had. And um, it, it was just a, it was a terrible time. Yeah. But we were we were not friends as much as we were roommates. Yeah. And that's always difficult. Yeah. So in that time, I now had no job and my roommates hated me yeah. <laughs> and I hated my roommates. Yeah. And that was the first time I ever experienced a real panic attack. Hmm. Um, and unfortunately, it wouldn't be the last one I would experience, but it was so terrible um, because it, I just felt like I had nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. I had no direction in life. There was no possible way that I could get back to that place of joy and happiness that I would have been in in grade 12 serving at camp. Mm. And 
I remember one day just calling my mom in the middle of a panic attack, unable to describe what was going on in my, with my adrenaline. Uh, words made no sense. Everything I was saying was a blur. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly don't remember what she said to me because I can't remember any of it. It was just yeah. so, it was, all I remember is that intense feeling of anxiety and fear. Mm-hmm. And finished that call. But a couple weeks later, I get a call from my mom and she says, I found you a job. You're going to work at our local church mm-hmm. for the summer. You're going to do, you're going to run their children's camp. You're going to help the, the children's pastor to run this program. Was that Victory? It was Victory. Okay. Yeah. And so I started working at Victory in my second year at Carleton. Mm. Um, and I worked there every single summer for the remainder of my time at school. Mm, that's cool. Um, yeah. And so I was back in it. And I found that passion for children again. That same thing that I always had and still had and just was repressing yeah. was now right at the surface. And I loved it. Loved it. But of course, that was only for the summer. And so then I went back to school. And in my third year, um, those panic attacks that had started cropping up kept coming. Mm-hmm. And they struck with a vengeance. And I stopped going to school. I stopped handing in assignments. I stopped going to navigators, even though that was the thing that was keeping me going. Yeah. I withdrew from everybody and I... Um, it wasn't good. It was real bad. When I, by the end of my third year of school, I had failed seven out of eight courses that I had taken that year. Wow. And I had failed them all substantially because I just hadn't done any of what was required. Yeah. It wasn't like I had tried my best. I had just failed. And... I was left in a place of not knowing. I was left in a place where I was unsure of the future and unsure whether I was even good enough to do anything. Right. Right. Failure in that moment became my identity Hmm. and it became my identity for far longer than I would like to admit. Mm -hmm. But in that moment where I, I remember being at home, sitting with my grandparents and my grandfather, who is one of the most godly men that I know, said, Scott, it's okay. The Lord can redeem this. Mm. He has a plan for your life and he's going to take you places. And in that moment, I had no idea what that meant. I didn't know what it would be. And I was still very afraid and very distraught. Mm Mm-hmm. And as I just kept thinking about it and praying about it, the Lord said to me, hey, remember that call I put in your life three years ago? Robotics. (laughs) Close. (laughs) Children's ministry. They're very close. Very similar. Uh, So I understand the confusion. Remember that call that that I put in your life? Why aren't you doing that? (laughs) Why not? Um, I've often described this as my Jonah moment. Right. Um, where I had been running from the Lord for so long, trying to escape what he had actually called me to do, mm-hmm. going all the way to Tarshish. Yeah. Yeah, that's how you say it. You just got to say it confidently. Tarshish. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Um, 
and I, I had been running. Yeah. And me failing out of university had been the whale consuming me. And in the belly of that beast, I found that I was not on the path the Lord had planned for me. Mm. There was a part of me that had always known the path and had just chosen to ignore it. Yeah. And so from that moment on, I uh, changed the path. I made some real hard calls to friends to say, hey, I'm not coming back to Carleton. Instead, I'm going to pursue an education to become a pastor for mm-hmm. children. And I did that. And it was challenging because I didn't know what school would take me after I'd failed out of another institution. Yeah. I didn't know how long that was going to take. I had spent my money, right? I just spent $60,000 on an education that was no longer going to be useful in any single way yeah. until much later when church websites need to be remade. Yeah. Um, but at that moment, I had that was all of the money that I had spent was now gone. It was meaningless and almost not usable. Um, but Tyndale will take just about anybody who wants to pay them more money. Not because they want the money. They also want me to follow the Lord. And that's what I was there to do, which is yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, they do want your money, though, just so you know. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I so Tyndale, call, I went in for my interview. And they actually let me bring in a whole year worth of courses somehow. I don't, that's amazing. None of them were computer courses. They were all like sociology, psychology, the yeah. all the social sciences that I had taken by requirement at Carleton. Um, Carleton is not a liberal arts university, is it? Uh, not specifically. Okay. It it's it has a big focus on political science. You know, being in Ottawa and yes, uh, journalism and poli sci were like the big things for it. Okay. Um, but then of course they had a robotics program that was really pretty cool, and their engineering program was solid. So those kind of together became like a that was kind of what they were known for, though. But big right. things were journalism and political science. Okay. So I had taken a few few of the liberal arts classes just yeah. because that was what was required. So they let me have it, and uh, I took those in. Uh, and then I did three years of education at Tyndale. Throughout that time, I met so many of my closest friends, mm-hmm. uh, made so many new acquaintances, and I just saw the Lord building me up and growing me for a, a life of ministry. However, throughout those entire three years, those panic attacks didn't stop. Mm. I was still struggling with my mental health and I didn't do anything about it except push through, get my degree done, which I did pretty well in. I'm not going to toot my own horn or anything, but I did pretty solid. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I learned a lot and it was a really good experience and I loved every moment while I was there, except for the moments where I was like having panic attacks. Yeah. Um, but anyways, when I finished my degree... I already had a job lined up because I'd been working at Victory for many, many years at this point, every summer. Uh, So I then applied to become their official children's pastor. And I went through the process of voting and um, church members searching for me to make sure I was the right candidate. Right. And then I ultimately came to the place where they hired me on as a pastor, which is the job I'm doing today. And I am very happy to be doing it. And Mm -hmm. I love every moment of it. Um, but then COVID hit. And as many of you who are listening probably know, COVID sucks. Yeah. It's terrible. There's nothing good about it. No. Uh, there was, it was, and I'll say this, being a pastor in COVID 
it's different. Yeah. But it's the same. Um, people, those of you who are working super hard on the front lines, those of you who are working super hard in retail, you guys faced a lot of challenges. I don't think I faced the same ones. Yeah. The ones that I faced were things like you'd come to work and you would have received an email from someone that said, you won't let me take off my mask in church. You believe in Satan. Mm. Or I saw someone without a mask in church. You didn't stop them. You must not be a true believer in Jesus mm. from both sides. Every si- Yeah. And it was terrible. Yeah. And I couldn't actually do my job because kids online, what? Like that's, that's not, no kid yeah. does that. They've already been in school online all day. And uh, it was, so I tried all these things to make a ministry that was going to be beneficial and share the gospel with kids. And each one after another just kind of failed in the, at least the way that I had pictured it. Right. And that same message that I've been telling myself for years that I am a failure and therefore I am failure is my identity Hmm. was reinforced more and more and more. I had some run-ins with people in the church. I had some run with leadership in the church. And ultimately I found myself in a place where my mental health was completely out of control. And, um, my parents actually told me I should check into a, a facility. Oh, wow. Um, for my mental health, which I didn't do because I initially, I was like, I'm not crazy. You're not putting me away in a loony bin. That may be the right choice for some people, but it wasn't the right choice for me. Maybe it was, but at the same time, I wasn't going to think it was. Yeah. Um, but I ended up taking an extended leave of absence from my ministry for about a month where I was not working. I was still paid thankfully, but not working. And just trying to work on, on me and my mental health. Yeah. Uh, I started meeting with a counselor. I started meeting with doctors. I, I tried to tackle it as best I could. And over that month, I learned a lot about just who I was, how my past had it influenced where I was in this moment. Mm -hmm. And I did a lot of growing, but the thing about growing is that it's never a brief. You don't grow in a day. Right. And that's it for the rest of your life. Yeah. It'd be nice some days, but (laughs) yeah, no, I had to grow painfully because it's not even that it's not brief. It's not easy. No, it's a lot of hard work. Yeah. And I have, I still in this very room at this very moment have thoughts of anxiety going through my head. Mm. What if I say something that is going to offend somebody? What if I say something that shows a part of me that someone shouldn't see? Hmm. I live in fear constantly and I'm, but I am aware of it and working on it and learning to grow through it. Yeah. But the Lord has been working on me in such a way over the past, since COVID began that I now am starting to understand that my identity is not failure. Hmm. My identity is Christ. Praise the Lord. I am a follower of Jesus. I am a son of the most high God. And that is where my identity needs to be found Mm -hmm. again, not something I know, not something I believe every day, but something that I, that I tell myself every day, nonetheless. Yeah. Um, and as I have kind of, we went through COVID 
we made it through. I'm not wearing a mask in your house. No. And I'm not killing you, which is great. Great news. Yes. Because there were some moments where I was like, if I'm not wearing a mask, I'm going to kill a person. Yeah. But uh, we're not there. I'm happy we're on the other side. Amen, sister. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> um, but yet I still am still working through those things. But as we made it through COVID, uh, things started to open up again. And as I was working with children, something that the Lord just kept telling me was you have a story to tell people. Mm. You have a story to tell people you aren't done fighting yet, but you've, you're coming through this. And I wasn't able to share that story with children, not in the same way that I felt the Lord calling me to. Right. Um, and my lead pastor sat me down one day and he said, I, the Lord has just been telling me that you need to do junior high ministry. And in that moment, I was like, yeah, hundred percent. And so I went and I spoke with one of my good friends who actually everyone knows he's Ryan. He was here. He was here the yeah. last time when we announced pregnancy. <laughs> um, so I went to Ryan and I said, Ryan, what are your thoughts on this? And he said, yeah. Yeah. And he confirmed it in me. And then I, spend more time praying about it. And so now I am also the children, I'm children and junior high pastor at Victory Baptist Church in Newmarket. Yeah. And more and more, I just see myself drawn towards these junior highs. And I just, I love spending time with them. I love hearing the way that the Lord is working in their life and helping them to wrestle through some of the same things that I myself wrestled through at that time in my life. Yeah. And my story of conquering anxiety and uh, facing failure time and time again is a story that helps them mm -hmm. to be encouraged. Um, and it's a story that I, I, I hope can anyone can take from and say, you know what? My identity is not failure. It's, it's yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, because that's a, it's a message that we all need to hear. And if you haven't accepted Christ as your Lord, I would just implore you do it. Yeah. He does great things in lives that don't feel like they're doing great things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things that the Lord's kind of been teaching me right now, um, is he's just been really implanting in me this idea of suffering being something that shapes my life and makes it better. Mm. Um, in the book of Acts, which I've been reading with a couple friends. Well, we're finished reading it. We're reading uh, a different book now, but we've been reading it every day together. And there's a part where the disciples have just been persecuted. The people are like just attacking them brutally, beating them up in the streets. Mm -hmm. And at the end of this chapter, the, the disciples, it says, and the disciples rejoiced because they were counted worthy of suffering. What? It's like, so countercultural. It makes no sense. No one have ever thinks about suffering like that. Yeah. Nobody. I, I certainly haven't. I have always looked at my suffering as this thing that drags me down, that keeps me from doing what God has called me to do. It's a, a stumbling block put in, the, put in my way. Similar yeah. to what uh, my response probably would have been similar to Job's response where he is just so, so not okay with what the Lord's doing in his life. Yeah. yeah. 
And yet these disciples can say, no, no, we're worthy of suffering. The fact that we're suffering shows us that we're on the right path. Yeah. Now, this isn't always the case. I'm not saying like your your tire got flattened on the side of the road, so you're worthy of serving the Lord. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but there are moments where I have felt so distant from the Lord, and those moments were the thing that ultimately brought me closest to him. When I was completely apart from him and something went wrong, he used it to bring it back. Like my grandfather said, the Lord can redeem this and he's going to yeah. do great things in your life. Yeah. Um, I don't think I have made it to Peter's record, <laughs> but honestly, I think that's, that's where I see myself right now is just learning and growing and suffering, knowing that even though I am suffering, because there are days where I definitely am. Yeah. Um, and knowing that I've made countless mistakes and will continue to make countless mistakes. The Lord is still good. The Lord is still working and he, he has done great things and isn't going to stop doing great things. Mm -hmm. And I need to learn to live in expectation of those great things. Yeah. Amen. That's like, oh, it's so good. I feel like so much of Christianity, if I can put such a broad, <laughs> a broad yeah. covering on it, I feel like so much of Christianity is just perspective, is just shifting your perspective to a heavenly perspective. Because you can be like anyone, they can be so earthly. And when you think about suffering, all you see is the negative. All you mm -hmm. see is this, this bad thing is happening to me. This horrible thing is happening to me. My life sucks. Why am I in this pit? All this stuff. Mm -hmm. But with the Lord, with that perspective of, Oh, you haven't left me. You haven't forgotten me. You haven't forsaken me. It changes the whole, it might not change anything you're actually going through. Oh yeah. And the 90, circumstances yeah, are still it, terrible. Nothing changes, yeah. but it just gives you this like, Oh, the Lord is with me. Like I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not alone. I'm not facing this thing by myself. And he just is able to grow us and shape us through those moments. Mm -hmm. And honestly, like beginning to recognize that part of Christianity, it's a game changer. It, it honestly, like it, it will change your life. If you just mm -hmm. be begin to have a heavenly perspective. Um, I always think of the verse, uh, Matthew six thirty three where it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all mm -hmm. else will be added to you. Like that seeking first is, is all part of everything in yeah. life. Like if you're, if you're on a, in a happy place, seek the kingdom of God. If you're mm -hmm. in a crappy place, seek the kingdom of God. I got to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> happy place, crappy place, you know, but, um, Absolutely. but honestly, like it's so, it's so perspective is such a huge thing mm -hmm. and it changes it, like for, even for you, you said, your identity was failure, but as soon as you changed your perspective, mm -hmm. it was like, oh, I'm not a failure. That's not who I am. That's not what I'm mm -hmm. defined by. And the Lord was just able to work in um, incredible ways in your life, like after you almost accepted that and just changed mm -hmm. your perspective. Yeah. And I know for myself, the, the other thing that I just have to keep in mind constantly is that this is not my home. Exactly. Uh, Another may, perspective Maybe may yeah. cliche, but this is only, this is not my home. I'm only passing through. Something <laughs> like that. Um, yeah. I am destined for far more because of my, because of the grace that is given to me in Christ Jesus. I am destined for far more than this life has to offer. 
Hallelujah. I am destined for a kingdom that is everlasting, will never fade away where there will be no more crying, no more tears, no more sorrow, no more suffering. There will only be Jesus and Jesus will be all that I need. Yeah. And to be fair, right now, Jesus is really all I need. Yeah. There's other things like I'd love to eat every once in a while, but (laughs) Jesus is all I need. (laughs) And that hope for the future can spur me on. Yeah. Knowing that the suffering we face right now is nothing compared to the glory we receive at the end. Yeah. That's a beautiful passage. Mm -hmm. It's just like amazing. Yeah. I also love hearing people's stories because when you were sharing about um, like leaving Carlton and having that conversation with your grandpa and him saying like, this can be, there, there is redemption. Like, it's mm-hmm. not like you're done. I, I can only imagine what you were thinking in that moment. Oh like, yeah. It was, no, I'm actually done. You're a fool, grandpa. Yeah, what are you talking what about? on earth? Yeah. You know? And I just think it's so beautiful. <laughs> like hindsight, hindsight is what reveals to us the Lord's faithfulness. And I love that even in one part of your story to the next part, it's like, oh, he actually did. Like he actually did redeem that. Mm-hmm. And your grandpa was speaking in faith, you he know, was. No, like, absolutely. like it's so beautiful how people can just believe. Mm-hmm. And like you also said um, something along the lines of like, it's hard to believe every day that your identity is in him. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling in your head up here, you know it, you know that your identity is in him. It's the yeah. believing in your heart of like, oh, oh, oh yeah, that is true. And for me, it's over 28 years of my life, I have either been told or told myself messages that say the complete opposite. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm combating 30 years of bad marketing right in my life is what I'm combating. And I am saying uh, often the way that it's described is that there are these two eggs and I know it sounds weird, but there's two <laughs> eggs. Okay. We've got the trauma egg in which all of the, and we're going to imagine they're like those Easter eggs that you can kind of open up and put little chocolates inside, except these chocolates are terrible. Do not eat these chocolates. They're laxatives. Oh, laxative chocolate. Oh, gross. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's we what the ch- I think about when I think of bad chocolate. Okay, laxative. Anyway. Cho- so we got laxative chocolates in these <laughs> in the trauma egg. Okay, <laughs> and every laxative chocolate is a bad message that you've told yourself or someone has told you. Like I'm not good enough. I am not perfect. Yeah. I am not this. I am not that. I am a failure. I am doing all these things wrong. I'm a sinner. Even that sometimes fits in that egg for me. Yeah. But then there's this other egg, which they call the angel egg, and that's the good stuff. That's the white chocolate, and I know that's controversial, but that's the white chocolate. Can it be Lindor white chocolate? Oh, baby, can it okay. ever. Okay, okay. <laughs> that's the Lindor white chocolate okay. egg, okay? Inside of that is just all the good things that should define me, all the messages yeah. that I should tell myself every day. And for a long time, that egg was empty always. Yeah. And I did just about anything to get someone to tell me something good that I could put in that egg. Mm. But what would happen was I would, someone would tell me something and I would, and I would say, no, 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 that's not what they're saying. They're saying this. Because it contradicts the other messages that I've told myself for so long. Yeah. And part of the challenge in combating this anxiety was saying, those messages are false and you know they're false and you need to believe that they're false. 
Yes, you failed at a university, but that does not make you a failure. Yeah. Yes, you were not successful in this part of your ministry, but no, that does not make you unsuccessful. Right? Yes, you walked away from the Lord for a period of time, but the Lord brought you back and he has a far greater sense of time than you ever could. Yeah. His plan is always good and it has ups and it has downs. There are valleys and there are mountains and you will never always be on the mountain, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but now as I, one of the things that has just been so impactful in my life recently is I've, we've, we, you and I have really just become friends recently. Mm-hmm. We went to school together, but again, we earlier, I don't know if we said this in the podcast, I'm just thinking, but we said we probably wouldn't have even sat with each other while we were at school. Yeah. But now I look at the friendships that I have with people like yourself and Jonathan and Peter and Heather and Ryan and Rebecca and uh, Hillary and Aiden and Jill and Anthony and all these people. These are all people in our small group, by the yes, way. Yes, for sure. <laughs> Actually, like everyone. <laughs> I think I listed everyone except Caleb and Dana, yeah. who I'm going to get to know better. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's my vow. Um, You're here to hear first, first folks. <laughs> okay, but those friendships have uh, just spurred me onward in every single possible way yeah and i'm day by day so appreciative of those relationships and the way that they call me to to account for the ways that i've failed Mm -hmm. but also allow me the grace to move forward and to grow in them yeah um yeah i've made some horrendous mistakes even just in my time knowing you guys and yet here i am still forgiven by you Mm-hmm. Um, just like Christ forgives me, um, and all those kind of things. So, horrendous was probably a really strong word. Now that I think about it, I'm not the I'm not the devil, everyone. Okay, I'm I'm a nice guy. You still probably want to know me. I think I don't know. Up to you for your side. I would say but, yeah. <laughs> but either way, there has been forgiveness from people, which has helped yeah. to fill that angel egg. Yeah. Um, and even this, like just being here talking on a podcast, that no one would have asked me to do that two years ago right probably because i would have just been a miserable human being just talking about how much of a failure i was and i probably wouldn't even let myself sit in front of a microphone right because i'm a failure but i'm not that that's not me yeah Um, because the lord has redefined your identity which is so good yeah i we have like really enjoyed living in community with people who genuinely care about your First, health and well-being, mm-hmm. but also your growth and spiritual well-being with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one thing to have friendships where you're like, cool, you're good. Okay, great. Awesome. See you next Sunday. And like, not, I say, so, you don't go to our church, but like, I'm the only one. I could I'm say the next Wednesday. <laughs> um, and like, you don't talk throughout the week. You don't hang out on the weekends. You don't live life together. Mm-hmm. You're just like, okay, yeah, I saw you at a small group. I'll see you next week at small group. Yeah. And sometimes that's what happens just because of the busyness busy, of but, life. But at the same time, but it's even, a different intentionality. And even at the same time, when we don't talk to each other for a week, you show up next Wednesday and there's like, what happened in your week? I genuinely care. Yeah. What's going on in your life? Yeah. How are you actually doing? Yeah. And that's not something that I've had for a long time. Yeah. And I think it's such a blessing. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't ever want it to change. Like, I'm no, like, which no, I, I know that every season is is like you're mm-hmm. in life in season. I, I talk about seasons like it's my day job. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, in this season of my life, the Lord was teaching me this. In this season of my life, he was teaching me this. Yeah. 
in this season currently, I'm so grateful for the community that, that we've cultivated Mm -hmm. because it didn't happen overnight. And it's not like it was super easy all the time. Like sometimes you have to sacrifice certain things or whatever. Mm -hmm. Or if my introvert husband is tired after work and we're like, (laughs) no, we're going to small group or no, we're hanging out with these people. To be fair, even your extrovert small group friend scott has moments where he's like yeah. i don't want to go tonight i just yeah. want to stay home and play switch <laughs> but then going and then feeling refreshed and feeling encouraged and it's yeah. like oh okay i'm happy i went yeah and and jonathan has said that too he said well, i'm really glad we went tonight and mm-hmm. i'm like i told you you just need to listen to me on all the other occasions that you don't want to do something <laughs> yeah our human nature often fights us in a lot of ways in so many ways yeah and that's we don't do what's good for us. No. It, like Paul says, I I wish that I was could stop sinning, but I yet I find myself sinning all the more. All the more, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, that was a poorly quoted passage, but you get the vibe we're yeah. going for. Yeah, so I'm it's picking fun. up what you're putting down. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Well, Scott, thank you so much for sharing your story. Oh, it's it was so my good. pleasure. And honestly, I feel like it's something that everyone can relate to because I feel like at any moment in a certain season of people's lives, they probably have felt like they're a failure. They probably have struggled with their identity. Mm -hmm. They probably have struggled with mental health. They probably have gone through some of these valleys and things like that. And so to hear someone who's gone through it and who I say gone through it, I, I, I should say is has gone through but is going through it yeah the 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 already not yet kind of deal the reality is that this mental health thing is going to be an issue for me my entire life right but the lord is with me for my entire life exactly we've we've won the battle that mattered yeah the the big battle is won the Mm -hmm. daily battles keep happening yeah and you have to keep winning those exactly but the lord is still on your side amen and so i just i think it's it's a beautiful that's a beautiful story mm-hmm. i have not heard many of those things i knew you went to carlton i knew you went to tyndale of course yeah i yeah but i i am i'm very grateful for for you sharing your story and and us being able to hear it on this podcast it's a good story mm-hmm. and there's a lot of a lot of goodness that the lord can be glorified through amen and he can be definitely made known which is so exciting oh, and he shall be made yeah. known whether we want it or not it's gonna happen yeah amen awesome well after seeing him we pray that you go and, and make, make him, him known, known.